Greetings, children, and welcome to my chamber. My name is Rotherick Gastblood, and I'm your host of Tales from the Dark Chamber. This week, we have a great show for you. Tales to make your skin crawl. Each week, my chambermate and I read a scary tale that we found on the internet, or perhaps left under some corpse. Either way, we think you're going to like it, and we're just dying for you to hear it. So sit right back, light a candle, and let's have a ghoul evening. Jesus, Rothrick. <sighs> Between you and Chester, you're going to scare the life out of me. Oh? Woody! But it doesn't work a second time. Oh, well. Perhaps another time, then. Did you need something? No. Just seeing what you're doing. Is the new hobby coming along well? Eh, I, I moved on. Seems like taxidermy and I just don't work out. So, what's with all the laboratory equipment, Woody? Yeah, so, I found this book in the library about preserving flesh and... Woody, didn't I tell you about the books in the library? Yeah, but... Didn't I mention that some of them can be quite dangerous? Yeah, but... And didn't you try reanimation before? With unfavorable consequences. But... But what? Didn't you learn your lesson? Yeah, but I'm not reanimating dead tissue. So, what is this small animal corpse doing on the table? With all these tubes and wires and beakers and... I'm making squirrel jerky. Um, what? Yeah, I found this ghoul's guide to great cuisine. It's a it's a cookbook. But... Yeah, see? See right here? Securide animatum. Squirrel jerky. But... Yeah, I take this recipe, make this marinade, and... But Woody... And... Woody, look at the squirrel. <laughs> ah! <laughs> Roderick, help me kill it. Oh, no, Woody. <laughs> You're the chef. You kill it. Phew. There. Dead. Man, that was close. Woody... You're a great guy, but you are a ninny. Gee, thanks, Rothrick. But that does remind me of tonight's story. We're on to the fifth part of Tommy by Medic Man. Sarah, Danny, and Tracy have found that the farm isn't all about growing wheat. Enjoy. <coughs> Tommy, a Portland Maine series by Medic Man. Part 5. Just then, Tony grabbed Lucas from behind, and Tracy lunged forward with the wine glass she was holding and cracked it across his forehead. Shards of glass exploded in all directions as Lucas let out a sharp scream, holding his arm to his face. He kicked Tracy back so hard she fell to the ground with a loud thud. Tony attempted to rear bear hug Lucas, but was unable to. Lucas was unmatched in strength as he pushed back hard, slamming Tony into the wall. Somehow, 
Tony still managed to hold his grip. Go! Get out of here! Now! Tony screamed. Both Lucas and Tony stood in the front of the foyer in a struggle for control. No, Tony, I'm not leaving you, Tracy yelled, and once again lunged forward to help her friend. As she neared, Lucas had wiggled in Tony's grip to where he was now facing him. He had one arm around his neck and the knife in the other. Tracy went for the knife. Lucas swiped fast and caught Tracy across her cheek and returned to Tony. She bounced backwards and grabbed at the cut on her face. Sarah eyes the front door. She couldn't get out that way. Their only chance was the back door. You guys go! I'm not leaving Tony! Tracy yelled. Lucas managed to escape his grip and once again threw a punch to the side of Tony's head. He connected with a loud pop as his head kicked to the right, hitting the wall. Tony stumbled and fell forward with an agonizing yell and hit the floor. Lucas turned his eyes towards the women, who were shaking in fright. His eyes glazed over. A bloodthirsty grin grew slowly as he blocked their escape. Go ahead. Run. It's better when you run, he growled at them. Tracy reached over and grabbed the bottle of wine and threw it at him as hard as she could. It missed by a foot hitting the wall and shattering onto the floor below. Lucas lunged in her direction but was stopped short when Tony grabbed his ankle. He quickly shook free and kicked his face so hard an explosion of red mist sprayed up and against the wall. Sarah grabbed Danny's hand and all three took off towards the back door. Sarah quickly grabbed the knob and her heart sank into her chest. It was dead bolted. The keys were in the foyer. Lucas slowly made his way down the hall towards them, dragging the knife against the wall, slowly taunting them. What are you going to do now? <laughs> he said, laughing. Sarah's eyes darted around desperately, looking for an escape from the madman closing in on them. Wait, she said, looking at Tracy. The basement door has a latch on the inside. Then go now, Tracy yelled. They darted towards the steps so fast they almost fell over as they descended down, holding on to the railing to brace themselves. Lucas was right on their heels. Sarah shoved the door open hard and pushed Danny through first and ran in right behind him. Tracy was in the rear with Lucas so close she could feel him. She turned around, closed her fist, and took a swing. She connected with his left eye, jolting him backwards long enough to slam the basement door closed. She reached up and slid the latch closed just in time. The door shook hard as Lucas pounded away like a lunatic from the outside. It'll hold. It's steel, Sarah yelled. You think this will stop me? You think I won't get through? I'm going to kill each one of you, one by one. <laughs> You're trapped down there. You don't win. I win. I always fucking win, he yelled. After a few minutes, the banging stopped, and the house grew quiet. There was no sign of Lucas. Sarah reached up and clicked the light on. The electrical hum of the fluorescent lights lit up the room around them. They stood, frightened at the base of the basement steps, staring into the room. Tony! Tracy yelled. There's nothing we can do right now. He would have killed us, Tracy. Even Tony couldn't stop him. He's, he's too strong, Sarah said. Well, we just can't stay down here. We're sitting ducks. What are we going to do now? I don't know. Let me think of something, Sarah said. Wait, my phone. That asshole has my phone. Mine is in my purse, which is in the van, Tracy said defeated. We have CB, but uh, apparently it's broken. 
I bet that psycho did it. He probably planned this whole thing. Mom, I'm scared. I I don't like it down here, Danny said weakly. I know, Danny, I know. Uh, Are you okay? Are you hurt? No, I'm just scared. Who was that guy? I don't know, but we have to be brave. Tracy scanned the room. There are large metal shelves lined the center of the basement. On them contained boxes and different stuffed animals. They were lined up in a way that reminded her of toy soldiers. They looked posed. A long wooden workbench was set against the east wall, and to the left of it, a tall bookshelf that contained a random assortment of books. On the bench lay a bundle of old tools. Tracy walked over and picked up an axe, and then shot Sarah a smirk. She took a few practice swings and tied her hair back. That asshole is not killing us, she said. It looks like they never cleaned out the basement, Tracy said. That's what I was telling you. We haven't gone through any of this stuff yet. Maybe we can find something else down here besides weapons, Sarah said. Worst case scenario, I axe my way out, Tracy said. Danny walked alongside the shelves while Sarah and Tracy discussed plans. He rubbed his hands over the stuffed bobcat. Its fur was dusty and its face was frozen in a growl. It gave him the creeps. He saw random mason jars filled with black liquid, but didn't dare touch it. He peeked into a few boxes and found old magazines, nothing useful. He found his flashlight on the ground and put it back into his pocket. He dug through another box and found an old rusty pocket knife. He placed it into his other pocket and kept moving. On the bottom rack of the third shelf, Sarah picked up a packet of old papers. Written on it were stitching instructions and how to preserve flesh. Harrison really loved taxidermy, didn't she? She said. Yeah, it looks like it, Tracy replied. He spent almost all of his time down here, she continued. Danny eyed the bookshelf. They all looked very old. Dust had made its home on most of them. There were books on crops, taxes, plant anatomy, stitching, human anatomy, and old cookbooks. A loud thumping sound and thrashing could be heard from upstairs. It was a sign Lucas was still there doing who knows what. Sarah could only imagine him going through their things. Hey, wait, how do we have power? If the rest of the house is out, how is the basement lit? Sarah asked. Must be connected to a backup line. Maybe a generator. I don't know, Tracy said. Sarah placed her hands on the west wall to the left of the bookshelf and edged her fingers across like she was searching for something. She gently pressed her ears against it and her eyes grew wide. I I thought I heard something. Tracy, come here. Listen. Something is buzzing, Sarah said. Tracy walked over next to Sarah and pressed her ear against the stone. Her eyes lit up as well. She licked her dry lips and knocked on the stone. It sounds like power is being drawn from here somewhere. Look for something. Like what? Sarah asked, confused. I don't know. A handle, button, anything, Tracy replied. Both women searched vigorously, tracing their hands along the creases of the damp stones and turned up nothing. Suddenly, a loud hissing sound barked into the atmosphere as the stone wall started shaking and then gave way. In front of the two baffled women lay a concrete opening into darkness. Um, Mom, Danny said, still holding a book that he had pulled out from the shelf. Of course, the cliche hidden book lever. 
We should have started there. Great job, Danny, Tracy said. Danny smiled at her. Danny cautiously walked up to the hidden walkway and shined his flashlight in. It was a stone-walled path, wide enough for two people. The ground was loose, damp soil that extended into the unknown. A soft, stale stench escaped into the basement. Who knows how long it's been since it was opened. What the hell is this? Sarah asked. It looks like we're about to find out, Tracy answered. I'm not going in there. Who knows where it leads and what can be in there? No way in hell, Sarah yelled. Would you rather deal with a psycho, Tracy asked. Sarah took a deep breath and squinted her eyes, attempting to see into the darkness. Fine, she said. She grabbed Danny's hand and let Tracy take the front. Tracy shined the flashlight in the path in front of them, and they slowly departed forward into the unknown. The musky humid air hit them as they slowly shuffled forward. It looks like an old transport tunnel, Tracy said, shining the beam along the roof at the weathered wooden beams. She noticed cables lined the walls on both sides. She assumed at one point there was lighting along the walls. Not even fixtures remained anymore. During World War II, soldiers used these for supply runs. I'm not sure what this is, but it's my best guess, she said, trying to mask the fear in her voice. Mom, I'm getting wet, Danny barked, wiping the water from his forehead. Me too, Danny. Just keep your head down. We'll be out soon, Sarah said. Water droplets slowly leaked from the soil above onto their heads as they continued their way forward. Within minutes, their clothes became damp and heavy. Tracy gripped the axe tighter as she pushed the group forward. Finally, after what felt like hours, the path turned to the right and started to narrow inward. The path became tight and uncomfortable. They could hear the buzzing sound even louder now. Something was near them. It's getting louder. Just up ahead. Keep moving, Tracy ordered. The flashlight beam caught the front of what looked like an old steel door. Its hinges were rusted, a small latch was pushed up, and the door was ajar. A red flashing was seen escaping the cracks. Tracy used the axe and slowly pushed the door open. It creaked as it gave way. Shining the flashlight in, she found the source of the light. A glass emergency light lay blinking at the opposite end of the room. The room was large and oval. It looked very similar to a military bunker with reinforced steel walls. The floor was also steel and oddly clean, as if someone wanted this room sterile. In the center lay an old projector with a slightly off-white and slightly torn projection screen on the far right wall. Steel counters lined the room, and on them were various maps, books, charts, and beakers. It appeared to be a workstation of some sort. A rather large chalkboard was above the left wall counters. Various formulas were present, although faded. Tracy scanned the chalkboard. It was almost foreign to her, although she did recognize one thing. She saw the letters ATP multiple times. If she wasn't mistaken, this looked like the energy metabolism within the human body. She wasn't sure. She slept her way through college. The only thing she ever had a passion for was journalism. But why would this be here? Tracy immediately felt the hairs on the back of her neck stand up. Something was definitely wrong here. This felt like some dirty secret, one that wasn't meant to be found. What the hell is this? Sarah asked, eyeing the room slowly. I have no idea, Tracy answered slowly. This doesn't look like something a farmer would be a part of. 
This looks like some villain's lair. This was just sitting here underneath the farm this whole time, and nobody knew? Sarah asked. I have a strong feeling Harrison knew. I mean, this would explain why he was always in the basement, right? He wasn't actually in his basement. The bastard was here, doing something he wasn't supposed to be doing, Tracy said. To the right of the projection screen lay a wooden door. It was the source of the electrical sound. The door was out of place. It stood out from the rest of the room. Danny slowly made his way to it and reached for the handle. Hey, look, Tracy said, pointing to the projector. A dirty projector reel was loaded onto it, and inscribed on the metal encasing was the label that read, Thomas, X-21, Final. Danny stopped and quickly made his way back to his mother. It says Thomas, Tracy said. Does it even work? It looks old, Sarah asked. I don't know. Tracy traced the projector with her hand, looking for a power switch. She felt a small flip switch at the rear and pulled it up. Suddenly, the machine buzzed and clicked to life and immediately shot an image on the screen. The display was black and white. Two men in a white lab coat were standing in a small room with what looked like large cylinder tubes filled with a liquid substance on the wall behind them. In the center of the room was a chair, and a young man was strapped down with restraints. His head was to his chest. It looked as if he had fainted. It was horrific to see. Tommy, a Portland Main Series by Medic Man. Part 5. Well, folks, that's our story tonight. Rothrick and I hope you enjoyed it. We sure had a great time bringing it to you, and we really appreciate you listening. Tune in next week when we bring you another chilling tale from the dark chamber. And just a note, if you're an aspiring author and you want your story read here on Tales from the Dark Chamber, send us a note at talesfromthedarkchamber at gmail.com. If it creeps old Rothrick out enough, we'll air it and subscribe to our podcast for notification of our next new episode or subscribe to our YouTube channel at Tales from the Dark Chamber and follow us on Instagram or Twitter. If you want your story read for your own use or you just want to have it, check out my website at woodygvoiceover.net. You can order there or you can find me on Upwork as Woody G. And again, thank you for listening tonight.